A bottle of wine is more than just a beverage. It's a time capsule that can take you back to another place and another time. Every bottle has a story to tell. About the person who first decided to plant the vineyard. About the years of pampering the grapes through good times and drought and bitterly cold weather. It's a story of sacrifice, celebration, purple hands, and sometimes purple feet. In that bottle, there's a story about a winemaker who did everything possible to achieve perfection. From the vineyard to the barrel, and at long last, safely secured beneath that cork. Every wine has the ability to speak to you. But to make sure its voice is heard, Grape Encounters Radio is here to help communicate all those endless stories that really deserve to be told. Here's your host, David Wilson. me some ice skin me a peach save the fuzz for my pillow hello and welcome to your weekly grape encounter you know they say that necessity is the mother of invention well my very special guest is to wine drinkers what thomas edison was to people who didn't like being left in the dark Greg Lambrecht is responsible for the most significant contribution to wine collecting, fine wine consumption, and wine preservation in decades, and perhaps ever. Greg's invention, the Coravin Wine Access System, has revolutionized wine enjoyment in remarkable ways by making it possible to remove any amount of wine you wish from a sealed bottle without so much as removing the foil and without jeopardizing the life of the wine that remains behind the cork seal. Now, how does one accomplish such a feat? Well, leave it to a medical instruments innovator to find a non-invasive way to get into a bottle with unparalleled ingenuity. The first Coravin hit the market a couple of years ago, and its release was praised by everyone and anyone who has a reason to get into a bottle of wine but doesn't want to consume it all in one sitting. Well, after a couple of years of unbridled success, a new version of the Coravin has just been released, and I've personally put it through its paces in a very big way. My impression? This latest release is kind of like a major operating system upgrade without the bugs. So joining us now from Corvin Inc. headquarters in Burlington, Massachusetts, is the inventor himself, Greg Lambrecht, to shed plenty of light on how this breakthrough invention is allowing us to enjoy wine in a completely new light, which, metaphorically speaking, makes him kind of the Thomas Edison of wine drinking. And Greg, welcome to the show. Nice to have you. Thank you, David. It's great to be on. Oh, man, I am absolutely in love with the new Corvin. And I'll tell you what, you don't have a bigger fan for your product than you do in me. And I can tell you honestly that thanks to the Corvin, I've probably saved, realistically, you know, $20,000. And I'm not kidding either. First of all, as an inventor, thank you. There is really no greater joy in this whole business of entrepreneurship and invention than positively impacting people's lives. And I've been really positively surprised by how well Corvin has been adopted. And just recently, how well Corvin 2, our first improvement to the system, has been accepted uh, so quickly. It's one of the things that continuously <laughs> shocks me and puts a smile on my face every morning. I mean, this uh, industry of ours, wine has been in bottle with cork in it for 300 plus years. Yeah. And for Corvin to be 
able to jump into that industry and be accepted so quickly has just been miraculous for me. Absolutely. But I'll tell you, I had a fear when we were talking about doing this interview that people were going to kind of see this as an infomercial. And it really isn't. The device is so significant in how it has changed the way that we enjoy wine. We could spend hours literally talking about it. But as a lot of people know, I also operate the Grape Encounters Emporium, which is a fine wine tasting bar. Actually, I don't like to call it a tasting bar. It's a wine drinking bar. Let's call it what it is. <laughs> I would prefer it to be the second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But I'll tell you, the Corvin has changed things so radically because, first of all, no preservation system out there, and I mean no preservation system, whether it's a vacuum which is a perfectly fine device, or cans of argon gas, or whatever it is you use to try to save your wine a little bit longer, the best you're going to get, especially out of a red wine, is probably three days you're doing great. Actually, you know, I think from my perspective, uh, the real credit needs to be owed to the cork itself. I always think of the cork as the best wine preservation system we've ever developed. And Corbin is really just a way of pouring wine past the cork. Uh, leaving in place to do its preservation job and just allowing you to pour as much wine as you want from inside the bottle. I think that's sort of the key to why it works so differently from everything else that's out there. Uh, we leave the cork in place to continue doing what it does best and let you drink from the bottle or serve from the bottle whatever it is you want to serve. So the cork is really a remarkable thing. And I think one of the things that I've learned over the last 15, 20 years of working on this project, how fantastic it really is that it can last 100 years. Yeah, uh, stealing a bottle. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, why we are seeing more and more screw caps is beyond me. It's ridiculous. <laughs> It varies by country. And, you know, I'm increasingly agnostic to closure types. There's some great wines that are under screw caps now. Maybe unfortunately, but they are. Great wines coming out of Australia, from New Zealand, from South America. And i got to tell you, it's frustrating for me now, particularly as the guy. I, I mean, I drink got to be 80% of the wine that I drink through Corvin, one way or another. And for me not to be able to do that with screw cap wines is really frustrating. And so uh, I'm sure we will come up with a solution that will cure that frustration. Absolutely. And trust me, I have attempted to put a Corvin needle through a screw cap. I don't advise it. <laughs> Never more than once. The needle will bend. Yeah, do no, it. the needle will snap in half. Let's be honest. If you're into screw cap wines, this conversation probably isn't for you. <laughs> that's, yeah, not yet. That's, that's all I can say to that. Hey, talk about how you came to invent the Coravin. And I think probably first, though, we should really explain what it is because sure. so many people are not familiar with it. And even operating a wine bar, I would say probably about eight out of 10 people that come in to taste wine, see the device and they go, what the heck? And uh, it's a very expensive device, but in the grand scheme of things, you save so much money using it. So if you could just get into the principle and how it came about and where we are now, I'd appreciate that. Sure. First of all, what is Coravin? I would say it's a way of pouring wine from a bottle without removing the cork. And the goal of that, and you might wonder why do that, the goal of that is to allow you to drink from any bottle you want uh, in any quantity that you want without having to think about when you're going to drink from that bottle next. And that includes going to a friend's house and secretly having a Coravin stashed somewhere and then getting into their wine selection and just taking <laughs> just a little bit of it. <laughs> we hope not. We hope not. No confirmed usage of that way, although you may have just... Uh, oh, yes, I can actually confirm that, yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I come from the medical field. and One of the first products I ever developed for medicine-involved needles, so I got really good at making needles that didn't do damage to things. So it uses a needle that can go through cork without removing any, so it'll pierce the cork and, and go past. Cork is very elastic, so when you remove the needle, the cork reseals. 
so uh, the cork can stay in place and continue to protect your wine from oxidation. It's a handheld device that pushes this needle through. You push the needle through. You push a button. We inject an inert gas, argon, which doesn't react with anything. It's one of the noble gases. And that gas pushes the wine that's inside of the bottle out until you no longer want to pour anymore. And then you can remove the needle from the bottle. Cork reseals. The amount of wine that you've poured out has been displaced by argon, which stays inside of the bottle and continues to protect it. And you can drink your glass. So uh, I really loved wine. I was 29, I think, when I first invented the idea of Coravin. I really loved wine. I had a small collection wow. of like 30 or 40 bottles that had been given to me by surgeons all over the world that I had worked with on various medical devices. And these were really nice bottles of wine. And periodically, my wife and I would open one of them and enjoy that bottle together. But what we really wanted to be able to do was to be able to taste from three four or five different wines in an evening. And we found that, you know, with our work schedules and my travel schedule, there was no way we were going to pull five different corks in an evening. Right. Or she wanted a glass of white and I wanted a glass of red, or we both wanted a dessert wine, but we weren't going to finish the bottle. So we found that we were limited in the way that we could drink wine by the volume in which it was sold to us. 750 ml, which is the normal bottle of wine, is a great volume, but it's not the right volume for every occasion. Uh, and it really limits the fact that you've got to commit to the bottle once you pull the cork really limits the way that you enjoy the wine that you've got in your house. So uh, that frustration then was amplified when my wife became pregnant with our second son and stopped drinking entirely. So now I, I was stuck without a drinking partner. Uh, and, you know, nine months of frustration later, I came up with the first prototype. All right, I'm going to get smacked for saying this, but if my wife was pregnant and she couldn't drink her half of the bottle, that would be cause for celebration. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. When you work in medicine, you've got to show up the next day. Okay. <laughs> well, when you work in the wine industry and radio, you have to drink as much wine as you possibly can. It's a rule. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Yeah, for me, it's about variety. I mean, one of the beautiful things about wine that makes it different from all other beverages is the fact that there is nearly infinite variety. There are, whatever it is, 1,200 grape varieties in Italy alone. Even Chardonnay, it's different if you drink it from Oregon than right. from California and up and down the coast of California and Burgundy. And that variety increases only with time as a new vintage is made every year, and each vintage is different from the other. So this opportunity to explore this infinite amount of aroma and taste that's being made all over the world that really gripped me with wine. So I think it's what draws a lot of people in. And I wanted a way of being able to do that faster. And Corbin was that way. Well, you managed that, that's for sure. We're talking to Greg Lambrecht, somebody I've wanted to talk to for a couple of years now because he is the inventor of what I think is the most significant piece of technology for the wine industry. It makes a huge difference. We're going to return with Greg in just a second, so stay with me, and I'm going to explain why this has made your life as a wine drinker, wine lover, so much better. So don't go anyplace. We'll be back with more Grape Encounters after this. If you make April your month to do some California wine tasting, your friends will surely be green with envy. That's because throughout the month of April, California wines aren't just red, white, and rosé. In April, you'll discover just how green California wines are, too. April is California Wines Down to Earth Month, and wineries all over the state are celebrating the state's leadership in sustainable wine growing with fun and educational events everywhere you turn. California has one of the most widely adopted sustainable wine growing programs in the world, with more than 70% of California's wine growers and winemakers committed to practices that benefit the environment, employees, and neighbors, and best of all, the quality of the wine is simply superb. 
From Earth Day wine and food festivals and green wine trails to vineyard hikes and horseback rides and special tastings, find out more at discovercaliforniawines.com. Just click on the tab that says April is Earth Month at discovercaliforniawines.com. As a lifetime wine lover, I think I own practically every conceivable wine gizmo and gadget. Now I've put together a collection of some of my very favorite things so that you can take your wine obsession to the next level, just like me. From functional to pure fun, check out my favorite things by clicking the store banner at GrapeEncounters.com. That's Grape Encounters, like CloseEncounters.com. Nestled between world-class Paso Robles and San Luis Obispo wine countries, the warm and inviting city of Atascadero is the humble heart of the Central Coast. With access to endless wine country adventures, including wine and olive oil tasting tours, artisan farm experiences, food, wine, and cultural events, historic Atascadero's cozy and oh-so-friendly atmosphere make it the perfect home base for Central Coast tourists. Discover more about the heart of the Central Coast at visitatascadero.com. And now, Grape Encounters with David Wilson continues, broadcasting from our wine cellar studio in idyllic Atascadero, centrally located in the Central Coast wine country of California. Hey, you got a nickel and I got a dime. Let's get together and buy some wine. Some buying pints and some buying quarts. But if you buy half gallons, you're playing this smart. Drinking wine, wine, wine. Hey, buddy, pass that bottle me. And we are back with more Grape Encounters, and so pleased to have on the line a guy who has really been in the spotlight all over the world because he has literally changed the way that we enjoy wine. And at the risk of sounding like an infomercial, I really feel it's important to talk about this because the way that we have been restricted in our wine drinking since the beginning of time has really limited our options, and Greg Lambrecht has literally blown the door open with the Coravin. It's actually called the Coravin Access System. By the way, that was a great description of the product, Greg. Thank you. I mean, we talked about accessing your wine in a different way, in a way that expands your options. It's to try to move in, away from wine preservation. I think that category has been filled with disappointing devices that don't work. And again, as I, as I said at the beginning, the cork is the best preserver. Just leave it in place. We access. I would say this, that if you absolutely know that you're going to finish the bottle the next day, that you could certainly use one of the less exciting preservation devices, and you're going to be probably okay. But anything beyond that, the Corvin makes sense. And the device, of course, is pretty expensive. It's not cheap. The new one is now retailing for, what, 349 bucks? Is that right? You know, I don't think of it as a, it's a one-time commitment. You buy one, you can access any of the bottles that you have. You don't have to buy two. You don't have to buy three. You don't have to buy one per bottle. You make a commitment to that one system, but then once you've got it, you can drink whatever you want from your own cellar. It's the price of a low-cost wine refrigerator. If you drink any amount of wine that's significant, then the cost of the device is, and excuse my pun, self-liquidating. I will carefully use that in the future. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You know, it's all yours. I know we use the Coravin in ways that I'm not sure everybody else does, but how about I put you to a little quiz? What do you think the number one use of the Coravin is for us operating a wine bar and tasting room? I'll bet you can't can't guess. 
this was my dream when I came up with it. I wanted to increase the variety of great wines that were being served by the glass in restaurants and wine bars, as well as in the home. So my dream in a wine bar is to allow me to do horizontals and verticals, flights, tastings of one producer across one year, all the different wines that they produce, or to be able to like compare Cabernet from Bordeaux and from California and you know from Australia, all in the same sitting. That's a, that's why I go to wine bars. But I'm interested to hear what it is that you do. Okay, so your answer is not correct. <laughs> no, no, I mean it's <laughs> a, it's the it's the obvious answer. But here's where we use the Coravin most effectively. A customer comes into the bar. They want a glass of great wine, and maybe it's not a wine that's in our By the STEM program. You know, maybe it's something special that we have in the wine displays. Well, what we do is they'll take the bottle of wine and bring it up to the bar. We use the Coravin. We pour them a glass, and then they get to take the bottle home with them. They pay for the bottle, and they don't have to open that bottle if they don't want to for whatever the natural lifespan of the wine would be. Is that crazy? That is so cool. There's always this time that you find that you're in a restaurant or wine bar, you've shared a bottle with somebody, you want one really nice, great glass, and you, you know you want it from whatever bottle it is that you'd like to have. You don't want to downgrade from the bottle you just had to a worse wine that might be available by the glass. I think that's a great idea. I love it. And I would definitely buy the bottle, drink the glass, and take it home with me. What I find, I'm always writing a note on the bottle. This is when I had it, this is where I had it, and this is who I had it with. Yeah. Because that, uh, that, I think, is part of also the beauty of wine is that you can carry it with you and you can remember an event or a time where you had that taste. And the, the, the brain is so incredibly focused on smell and taste as a key to memory. I just love reading those notes a year or two years later. Of course, and, and this has been talked about a lot in the wine trades, but you know maybe the most important thing about a device like the Coravin is that it gives us the ability to pour much higher priced wines by the glass and not run the risk of having to dump that bottle down the sink because you know, initially we didn't use the Coravin. We, you know, just uncorked bottles thinking we would go through them a little faster. And then we quickly realized that we were dumping out probably 30% of the wine that we were opening. Now every bottle, even if it's 20 bucks, we use the Coravin. End of story. I've not had a single bottle spoil. And that's a fact. Not one bottle has ever spoiled using the Coravin. That's spectacular. I always think about it from my perspective. I'm the consumer. And as a consumer, when I walked into a restaurant and I saw an expensive glass of wine on the buy the glass list by a producer that I really wanted to taste, normally I didn't order it because I always worried when was the last time yeah. this bottle was, was, you know, the more expensive it is, the less likely it sells quickly. I don't know how long it's been open. But with Coravin, that all changes. Now, you go to somebody with a great Coravin wine list at a restaurant or a wine bar and they're selling, you know, like first growth Bordeaux or top flight California stuff, you can feel comfortable ordering a glass because you know it's just as if it hadn't been open. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And it's amazing how many people now are discovering that they can actually try a really exceptional wine. I mean, first of all, wine bars didn't offer them because the liability, the potential liability from that wine turning is just immense. But now people will go into a wine bar and even if they're paying 25 or say $30 for a glass of wine, they're tasting the wine that sells for in excess of 100 or $200. And it's a, a great thrill without having to invest what you would spend on your car payment for a bottle of wine. <laughs> 
That's exactly right. I mean, it's, uh, there was, there's some crazy wine-by-the-glass programs that are going on all over the world now that I've seen with Corbin. There's the Truce by the Glass in Hong Kong. There's Domaine Romani Conti by the Glass in Munich. You know, these are $2,000 bottles of wine that people are serving by the half glass to customers who come in. And it's almost like, uh, you know, this is a wine you may never have had, and all of a sudden you've got this opportunity, even if it's expensive, it's not the cost of a used motorcycle. You know, you can actually taste this wine and see, is it worth it? You know, is that really something that's truly spectacular. And frequently you find out, unfortunately, it is. <laughs> they're, they're, they're pricey, they're rare, and they're pretty spectacular. I always think that the best use for Corvin ultimately winds up being in the home because uh, what it allows you to do is a little bit of what you're doing at your wine bar. You can have a wine bar in your house. All of a sudden, your limitations on what you can drink by the glass are simply the number and type of wines that you own. You can use it to check and see if a wine is ready. Uh, you can use it to do your own flights, your own pairings. You can have a white, a red, and a dessert wine. At home, at night, you very quickly, with one thing, alter the way that you interact with wine and create for yourself the opportunity to really explore and change the way you drink wine with great freedom. That was my goal, freedom. <laughs> I'm free, I'll tell you. Yeah, exactly. I, I've never felt so free in my life. <laughs> it's liberating. It's just, it's just wine in the end. There's a guy, Richard Betts, is a master sommelier, and I love it. Yeah, he of says, course, I know him. Wine yeah. is, wine's a grocery, not a luxury. Uh, <laughs> and that's exactly what it should be. He's right. I mean, we can wax eloquent about it, but it's just fermented grape juice. It happens to be spectacular fermented grape juice. It's one that we can enjoy. If you can increase that enjoyment, you increase quality of life. Awesome. Hey, Greg, can you stay with me for just a couple more minutes? Sure. Yeah, okay, great, because I want to tell you another way that we use it that is amazing, and I really need you to talk to us about the difference between the first model and the second model. So, very important. So, we'll be back with Greg Lambrecht. He was the inventor, is the inventor of the Coravin, and if you don't know about the Coravin, you owe it to yourself to Google it. You can go to the Grape Encounter website, by the way, grapeencounters.com, and you can learn more. There's some great videos as well, right, Greg? Yeah, absolutely. Online. And then there are a lot of our very enthusiastic consumers and others have made videos themselves. Just go to YouTube and look for Corbin. All right. We'll be back with more Grape Encounters right after this. We like to talk about wine. Living in and broadcasting from one of the world's finest wine regions makes it virtually impossible not to make frequent references to the multitude of amazing things going on here on the central coast of California. Grape Encounters Radio has built one of the world's most unique wine bars so that you can have the opportunity to come to the city of Atascadero and enjoy great wines and equally good conversation with me and other visitors. Best of all, my favorite hotel in the area is literally right across the street the historic Carlton Hotel with accommodations that are both beautiful and affordable. The Carlton Hotel takes you back to a glorious time in California history. And now that the wine industry has ushered in yet another exciting new chapter here on the Central Coast, you can experience the best of then and now. Book your accommodations at the lovingly restored Carlton Hotel in Atascadero. Then, let me help you plan daily excursions that will create a lifetime of unforgettable memories. You'll find a link to the Carlton Hotel at GrapeEncounters.com. Grape Encounters Radio is always on the lookout for great story ideas, even if they're completely and totally off the wall. So here's the deal. Share your story ideas with me or send a question you'd like to hear answered on the show. If I use your question or suggestion, I'll send you a special gift. I want to know what you want to know. You can contact me on the Grape Encounters Radio group page on Facebook or email david at grapeencountersradio.com. If you've got something for me, I've got something for you. As a lifetime wine lover, I think I own practically every conceivable wine gizmo and gadget. 
Now I've put together a collection of some of my very favorite things so that you can take your wine obsession to the next level, just like me. From functional to pure fun, check out my favorite things by clicking the store banner at grapeencounters.com. That's grape encounters like closeencounters.com. with more Grape Encounters Radio, the wine show that's absolutely, positively free. That's why you'll have a little extra cash to buy the good stuff. Here's David. So look around. And we're back for just a few more minutes with Greg Lambrecht. He's the inventor of the Coravin. And I wanted to tell you another way that we use the Coravin that is pretty amazing. We created a concept called Vinthesis because for the last seven years, I've been telling our listeners that they should play with their wine and to not be afraid of actually doing some wine blending on your own. Because why should you sit there and drink a wine that is not as you would like it and be miserable and upset that you paid $40 or $60 for the bottle when you can splash something else in there and actually improve it. So the Vinthesis program that we have enables us to take single varietal wines from all over the world, create our own custom blends, and produce something that's entirely different than those wines. And that's something that we do every single day. Would never be able to do that if it weren't for the Coravin. That is just a wild idea. Uh, I never heard of doing that. And uh, to take the risk of suffering the slings and arrows of the wine producer friends that I've got, that is just a wild concept. I've never done that, but I've got to imagine that that would even more increase the dramatic variety that is available in wine if you're actually blending different wines together. And I've always sort of thought there were some wines that I was drinking that would be better if they were a little bit more like another. That's a really, really cool idea. It's not just a a cool idea. It's really popular. And we've gotten publicity all over the world for doing it. And as far as the winemakers are concerned, they're our strongest advocates of that. That's awesome. Because think about it. A winemaker only has the wines in his toolbox or her toolbox to work with. And that might be six wines. It might be 12 wines. But gosh, what if you could add that amazing petite Syrah that would make the difference between something great and something off the charts? I'm going to totally try that tonight. Absolutely. (laughs) So we actually have people that will come in and after they've tried some of our blends, we'll give them the recipe and they'll take the bottles that are necessary to make the blend at home and they become, you know, junior wine blenders. And it's your wine. You paid for it. You can do whatever you want with it. It's very cool. It, uh, in a way, it sort of gets the consumer into a little bit of the mindset of the winemaker and the decisions that they've got to make about blending wines from different parcels of their vineyard. So this is really funny, but we have a program going on right now where we're bringing winemakers in and they take a bottle of their single varietal wine and then create a new blend using other winemakers' wines, and they love it. You increase that artist's palette of colors. That's essentially what you're doing. I I like it. Very cool idea. Absolutely. We're talking to Greg Lambrecht. He is the inventor of the Coravin. And if you're not familiar with the device, get familiar with it because it's as necessary now to the wine drinking world as a corkscrew is. 
Unless you're drinking screw cap wines. And by the way, (laughs) a funny story, Greg, Sarah Schneider and I had an opportunity to try some wines that are now being distributed by Ian Cobble, you know, the master sommelier from the movie Psalm. And the wines are all wrapped in tissue, so (laughs) you can't see the top of the bottle or anything. So we got to about the fourth wine of six, and I started to push the Corvin in, and it kind of wouldn't go, so I gave it a little extra shove, snapped the needle in half, and quickly learned it was a screw cap. Yeah, there we go. You know, actually, uh, not to plug unnecessarily, I love his Psalm Select. Yes, exactly. a great palate. He's actually dangerous for me because I keep getting his emails, and I keep... I keep buying his wine, and actually just yesterday I received my second box, and immediately Corvin threw everything that he had said, saying, do I really believe in this guy's palate? Is he really this close to mine? Does he have me totally dialed in? And I have to say, after another three or four wines from the guy, they were all just awesome. Well, he's the consummate wine geek, that's for sure, and he really knows his stuff. It's really fun to talk to him and to drink his wines. But what's very interesting is we frequently have people who are studying for their psalm exam come in and ask us to pour mystery wines and just imagine how well the Corvin facilitates that request. I was at the Texom event two years ago down in Texas and all the guys that are studying for their advanced and, and masters sommeliers are milling about there and one really large fellow <laughs> ran over to me and gave me a big bear hug and picked me up off the ground and said, you have saved me so much money. And what they're doing is he's got a group of six or seven guys that are all studying. They each buy a case of wine from a region. So they'll have 12 different bottles from that region and they'll taste through. And then like a library, they'll swap cases and taste the other guy's bottles using the Coravin. There's so many different ways that I've seen it being used that I never would have predicted when I was originally making it for myself in my basement. I mean, I've seen First Growth Bordeaux houses sampling every bottle before they send it out to an event because they want to make sure they don't ever send a corked bottle. You know, people in their their own homes sampling bottles before they take them out to a dinner just to make sure that they're ready and uh, that they're the right wine that they want to bring. You know, these guys who do pairing menus, I saw a group of sommelier gather on a table while the chef was bringing out the different dishes that he was planning for that evening, and they were all using the Coravin to sample through seven or eight different wines to see which one paired perfectly with each course. All things I would never have thought of when I was originally making the thing. You should have a contest and have people write in and tell you the most creative ways they've used the Coravin. The blending, the blending wins today. That's that's uh, that's the most creative thing I've heard in a long time. I'm thinking that sometime very soon I'm going to use the Coravin to perform my own liposuction. (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) My professional non-physician but medical opinion is don't do that. Come on, you're a medical instruments designer inventor. Surely it would work for that. (laughs) All right. Hey, we we only got a second left, but let's talk about the new device real quickly and differentiate it from the original device. And it's beyond me why the original one was Model 8 and the next one was Model 2. Background on that Model Eight. It was the eighth prototype we made while Coravin was in existence. Uh, so I founded okay. the company in 2011, and it was the eighth version that we got to before we launched. And then the new device, Model Two. One of the differences we stirred up a lot of passion when we launched the original Coravin, uh, and it was very durable. We had nearly no returns for any reason. It wound up working really well. It worked well in restaurants. It was really a challenge 
for us to think about changing it and improving it. But we had gotten feedback from all over the world about things that people would love to see. And I think first and foremost, people wanted faster flow. Yeah. People want to be able to pour the glass and pour it quickly. And I got to tell you, the new needle technology that is in Model 2 surprises me. It was really remarkable that our team at Corvin was able to do that. It is at least 20% faster in pour speed. And I think it's at a point now where we can pour the first two glasses from a bottle faster than you can pull the cork and pour two glasses. The other stuff that we did was really ergonomic. We wanted to make sure that this thing was as easy to use as possible. And there were some significant ergonomic improvements that we made in the way that it clamps onto the bottle and the way that we secure the argon capsule to the system. More and more, our customers are women. And I think women buy more wine than men do, surprisingly, even given my own home situation. And we wanted to make sure that we made one where the forces were such that it was really easy to use for any of our customers, no matter what their you know, sort of strength or, or size. So with the new system also looks really sleek. And you'll be seeing more stuff coming out in the near future that takes advantage of the new way that it looks. I always say that the Corvin Model 2 is for the home. It's got all the quality that was in Model 8, the first version, but a little bit more for the home use. Well, I'll tell you what, if the Model 8 was a Toyota, the Model 2 is, I was going to say a Lexus, but uh, I think maybe a Maybach instead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. I mean, the team is everything. We have got this amazing CEO, Fred Levy, who ran Nespresso. Uh, We've got this incredible guy who runs development, Mike Ryder, who came out of iRobot and Keurig. And we've got this marvelous young woman who really led the project on Model 2, Beth, who came to us out of Bose. The great thing about wine is that you can draw in people of extraordinary talent, passion, and diligence. It's remarkable the team we've been able to assemble in the United States and Europe and now in Asia with Coravin. And we are going to do our darndest to continue to improve not only on the Corvin and it's working with wines, but my dream in the end is that you're going to be able to pour from any bottle, no matter how it's sealed, with any style of wine, sparkling, still, fortified, in whatever quantity you want without having to disturb the closure mechanism that's keeping it all nice and tight against oxidation and allows it to age as if it was never touched. That's my dream in the end. I want it to be the fastest, most fun way of pouring wine out there. Well, uh, it already is. <laughs> so, well, let me ask you this. How are you going to address the screw cap issue? Because with so many wines now coming out with a screw cap, how do you deal with that? Uh, not yet with the current Corvin system, but it's my dream that people that have a Corvin now will be able to uh, get a system upgrade for their existing Corvin that enables them to work with screw caps. And I'm also very bullish on being able to work with sparkling. My wife now drinks only sparkling wines. So if I don't get that thing done fast, I'm, uh, I'm going to suffer at home. So your motivation is your mate. Always, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's either your children or your mate or your mother. (laughs) Hey, Greg, I'm sorry. We've got to end it now. It's really been a pleasure talking, David. You know what? I'm your biggest fan, and, you know, I love the device. I love the freedom that it's given all of us, and I just congratulate you on getting it out there into the market because it's something really remarkable. I appreciate it. Keep the products coming. We appreciate it very much. And we will be back with more Grape Encounters in just a moment. It's going to be Sarah Schneider and Sipping with Sarah, the esteemed wine editor of Sunset Magazine, when we return. If you make April your month to do some California wine tasting, your friends will surely be green with envy. That's because throughout the month of April, California wines aren't just red, white, and rosé. In April, you'll discover just how green California wines are, too. 
April is California Wines Down to Earth Month, and wineries all over the state are celebrating the state's leadership in sustainable wine growing with fun and educational events everywhere you turn. California has one of the most widely adopted sustainable wine growing programs in the world, with more than 70% of California's wine growers and winemakers committed to practices that benefit the environment, employees, and neighbors. And best of all, the quality of the wine is simply superb. From Earth Day wine and food festivals and green wine trails to vineyard hikes and horseback rides and special tastings, find out more at discovercaliforniawines.com. Just click on the tab that says April is Earth Month at discovercaliforniawines.com. As a lifetime wine lover, I think I own practically every conceivable wine gizmo and gadget. Now I've put together a collection of some of my very favorite things so that you can take your wine obsession to the next level, just like me. From functional to pure fun, check out my favorite things by clicking the store banner at grapeencounters.com. That's grape encounters like closeencounters.com. Nestled between world-class Paso Robles and San Luis Obispo wine countries, the warm and inviting city of Atascadero is the humble heart of the Central Coast. With access to endless wine country adventures, including wine and olive oil tasting tours, artisan farm experiences, food, wine, and cultural events, historic Atascadero's cozy and oh-so-friendly atmosphere make it the perfect home base for Central Coast tourists. Discover more about the heart of the Central Coast at visitatascadero.com. David is back with more Grape Encounters. But during this segment, he'll be doing one of his very favorite things, sipping with Sarah. Sarah Schneider, that is, the esteemed wine editor of one of America's leading lifestyle publications, Sunset Magazine. Here's David and Sarah. Pour the wine, let's have another drink. The dirty dishes, they go right next to the sink. And tell me lies, don't tell me what you really think. Let's have a good time. All right, and your grape encounter continues. And my favorite part of the show, when I get to share the stage, actually, we don't have a stage, just a studio. But when I get to share the studio with Sarah Schneider, Sarah Schneider in the studio, do you realize, Sarah, that the last six weeks we have consumed wine during every single segment that's a record for us like that's that. true but you know it sort of fuels the conversation i've liked these six weeks but yeah it's been a lot of fun now i just for fun decided to bring in a wine that i think will throw you for a loop well confession i already stuck my nose in this glass and your nose is wet by the way you want a little <laughs> um this wine is not going to stain anything this is the whitest wine i've had in a while it almost looks like water i stuck my nose in and the first thing I thought was, oh, this is not a West Coast wine. This is not a U.S. wine. This is an earthy old world wine. But I haven't gotten further than that yet. Really? Wow. So far, I think you're going to have to rethink your thinking. All right. Let's back up. I'm wrong on the old world. Clearly. I didn't say that. If okay, I have to maybe rethink. I maybe I okay. implied it. Okay. So at least we're out of California. Okay. Correct. Yes. Okay. So good so far. But I'm guessing that this is not a European variety. I'm guessing that this is a native American variety, not Venus vinifera. Is this a hybrid? You know what? Sarah Bacchus is not smiling down on you right now. <laughs> oh dear, I'm way off. No, this is really the furthest off you've ever been. 
Okay. Okay. I can handle that. You're all right? I'm all Will right. Will you sleep okay tonight? I haven't uncovered the wine. I could just say this is an old world, <laughs> obscure varietal, and you could, then you'd sleep better. Just to protect my ego. Okay, another sip. Let me see where all I right, go. go ahead. Do, 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 do. Okay, now, in my defense, it came into the glass was very, very cold, and it's starting to warm up just a little bit and get a little more aromatic. Are you going to use the cold case defense here? <laughs> really? Leave me some dignity here. Okay, all right. Now I'm sort of headed toward Oregon and Pinot Gris. Wow. Yeah, that would be right up there with the biggest blowits of all time from you. <laughs> okay, I think but we But you need know what? To... <laughs> this is a major, major toughie. Okay. Because it is the most popular white varietal in America. Oh, can this possibly be Chardonnay? It is an unoaked Chardonnay. From? Upstate New York. See, there you go with the regions again. I'm totally stumped but you know on what? this one. But this is the second time I've thrown an upstate New York wine at you. Mm -hmm. But I think what's interesting is in both cases, when I threw an upstate New York wine at you, guessed Old World. And when you think about the fact that the East Coast was the first stop in coming from the Old World to the New World, and in reality, climate conditions, practices in that region are very much old world. In fact, you walk into a lot of the older wineries and they look like a winery <laughs> straight out of France or the Loire Valley or somewhere in Valpolicella. I think that they are much more guided by old world principles than those darn mavericks in California. <laughs> you know, you're making me feel a lot, lot better about that. You should. I think maybe my takeaway here is I need to drink more New York wine. Well, I just think that it's interesting that when we talk about old world versus new world, we forget that there's a very strong association on the East Coast with Old World. Yeah, yeah the sensibility. And so many of the people who ended up planting grapes in that region came over right. on the boat with some grape plants hidden in their <laughs> toiletry bag. The Sam Samsonite cuttings. Yeah, exactly. And so if you're looking for those sort of Old World qualities in a wine, but you'd like to drink something domestic, then think East Coast. That's, I think you're absolutely right. And even the consumer on the East Coast is more European-facing than West Coast-facing. Yes. And honestly, this wine is missing, and I don't mean that as a bad thing, but missing the ripe fruit that... California tends to get, and even Eastern Washington tends to get, because it's warm during those growing seasons. It's not a question of good or bad. It's a question of different, and frankly, kind of fun. It's fun. Nobody is going to mistake this for a California Chardonnay. No. So if that's your reference point, you might be shocked by this wine. But it's bright. It's minerally. I like the fact that it's unoaked. Sure, California makes 90% of the country's wine, but you go, you know, the rest of the country, that every state makes wine, I think is fabulous, and that they're figuring out how to make great wine in those different climate territories. I'm for it. Yeah. And I really don't want to ever hear somebody say to me, I like the California version of this better than the New York version. Right. I like the, I don't like to make comparisons because there are times when I would be in the mood to drink this wine. And there are times that I would be in the mood to drink a buttery Chardonnay from California or to just drink a really classic Burgundy from Absolutely. France. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And it's all different. I mean, I don't always want to eat pizza every day, but when I do eat pizza, I really want it. I crave it. That's yeah. what I'm going to eat. And likewise, I found myself after getting to know these northern, northeastern wines better, I'm going, wow, here's this whole world of wine I didn't know about. And on a lot of different occasions, I love this. Yeah. This, this is, is delicious. This is much closer to a Chablis, a mm-hmm. classically mm-hmm. unoaked white Burgundy that is based on Chardonnay. And, you know, it would be mighty good with oysters, which Chablis is you, just a gem. You with. got any? Oh. In this studio, no, there's got to be an oyster somewhere. Fridge somewhere. Guess, somewhere. All right, would you like the reveal? <laughs> Would love to. Okay, here's the reveal. This wine comes to us from one of the most successful, credible, and influential wineries in all of New York. It is Heron Hill. And Heron Hill was named by Travel and Leisure magazine, which we can all respect, I think. But it's a competitor of yours, but still was it, named. It's a sister of ours now. Oh, that's right. And it's a sister. Sister of ours. Okay, then. We play nice now. Okay, good. Anyway, named the Ingle Tasting Room as one of the top 10 most breathtaking tasting rooms in the world. Wow. Anyway, this is the wine. I must get to upstate New York. Isn't that delicious? It's delicious. It's a different delicious, I think. Exactly. If you, and that's you know, why wine I would is never so fun. want to drink this wine side by side with other Chardonnays because it would be pointless. This has its own niche. And I think it would be great if more of the world discovered these wines, which is why I'm actually agree. providing this special service to our listeners. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, wasn't that fun? Uh, Happy to play along. That's great. (laughs) Good stuff. All right. So we're going to come back next week. Heaven knows what we're going to talk about. I'm going to make you a promise, Sarah. Okay. I'm not going to try to stump you next week. Okay. (laughs) And you've done, by the way, a stellar job proving that you are the most suited personality for the job that you hold and that nobody is your equal. You've just redeemed yourself for this last stump. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like I said, you're the most suited person for this job (laughs) of anybody that I could possibly think of. Okay, thanks, Sarah. Thank you. You never know what part of the country or the world the Grape Encounters microphones will take you to. Don't miss a single experience. Your Grape Encounter isn't over. We're just taking a breather until next week's edition.